Today's New Testament reading is the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 8th chapter. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say to one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes, and to my servant, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled, and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she rose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome Pastor Bert Mueller from St. Peter Lutheran Church in Westgate, Iowa. Grace, mercy, and peace are for you today from God your Father and from your dear Savior Jesus. Amen. Today in our Gospel, Jesus gives us several wonderful pictures of his healing power. But I would like to focus on that first healing that Jesus accomplished in our text today. It's very startling. Jesus healed this leper by simply touching him and by speaking the words, I will be clean. Where normally the uncleanness of leprosy would make Jesus unclean, Jesus' purity, in this case, makes the leper pure and clean. Note this well. Whatever we may come to Jesus with, it's a small thing for him to take it and relieve us of our burden. Either he will do what he did for this leper, make us whole and clean and cure us here on earth, or he will make us able to bear the burden, knowing that we await a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. There will be no infirmity there. There will be no sickness there. There will be no death there. There will be no sin there either. There in that place he will wipe away every tear from our eye. 
This healing of the leper is a testimony of that future fact. Note also what Jesus says. He says, I will be clean. Jesus' desire is not to leave you in the lurch. He won't leave you when things are at their worst. Even if he does not stretch out his arms to heal you here and now, he has already stretched out his arms to heal you and the whole world there on the cross. All our sins, all our infirmities, all our weakness, all our death was taken into him, and he has got his victory over it all. When he says to this man, I will be clean, it's as if he says, I am going to the cross in order to heal this fallen, groaning, tortured world. So I receive your uncleanness, your leprosy, just as I receive the sins of the world, and I take it all away. I give you my cleanness, my forgiveness, my righteousness. Therefore, be clean. But the second healing shows us what is more pleasing to God than any works that we could do. That is faith in Jesus. A centurion comes and tells Jesus about his little servant, his little child, who lies suffering from paralysis. Jesus first offers to go with the man to his house, but then the man says that he is not worthy for Jesus to come under his roof. But if only Jesus says the word, he knows that his servant will be well. The centurion explains his trust by talking about his occupation. He says that he is a man who is under authority, and he has soldiers under authority over him. And so if he says to one, go, he goes, and another, come, and he comes. And if he tells the servant to do this, he does it. Only say the word, Jesus, and my servant will be well, says this centurion. And this is the high point of this text here today. Jesus praises the centurion's faith. He says, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. Let's understand what Jesus praises here. First, he praises the centurion's deep humility. The centurion does not count himself worthy to have Jesus come under his roof. He understands that he is not a Jew and that he is also a sinner. We should also remember these facts. We are not Jews. At least we should recognize that we are not Jews by birth, and therefore we ought not to have a share in the promises if we had only a natural way that we know the promises and believe the promises is all by God's grace. When the Jews were worshiping the true God at a temple in Jerusalem, our ancestors were worshiping trees and idols in rebellion and blindness. The only reason we can believe in Jesus and trust in him is because he has had great mercy on us. He has caused his saving word to be proclaimed to our ancestors and also to us. They believed and became Christian, and we also have heard the word and believe. Therefore, we too should be humble and not consider ourselves too highly. Also add to this historical remembrance the fact that we are sinners and that we daily sin much. We don't have any ground to ask Jesus to do anything for us, and we certainly are not worthy of salvation. That's the humility of the centurion. He knows he doesn't deserve anything from Jesus. He knows that he is but a sinful beggar coming to the true God in human flesh. Still, because of Jesus' great mercy, he begs anyway. Heal my servant, even though I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. This is the kind of radical honesty that Jesus praises. Now, the second thing besides humility that pleases Jesus about the centurion 
is his faith. That is what Jesus praises above and beyond everything else. The man believed that if Jesus just said the word, his servant would be well again. With this, the centurion is saying, I know that you are true God, Jesus. I know that no word that you speak will fall to the ground without being fulfilled. I know that you will not fail me. Just say the word and my servant will be well. He understands that Jesus is at the head of all authority and that his word is true. This is why Jesus puts the centurion's faith over and above that of the priests and the Pharisees, even over his own disciples and even over John the Baptist, over and above anyone else that he has met on his journey. The centurion believes Jesus' word. The priests were those who had control over the temple, but they didn't believe in the resurrection of the body or in angels or in anything really supernatural. The Pharisees may have believed these things about the supernatural order, but they also believed that they were good enough to deserve them. Jesus' disciples and John the Baptist had even a weak faith. But here Jesus shows us the kind of faith that pleases God. It is trust in Christ's word. Without this faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith says that one word from Jesus is worth more than the whole world. Faith says that we would give up everything and anything rather than give up on Jesus' word. Now here we must all confess that our faith is often weak and pale in comparison with the centurion. He humbles himself so completely and trusts Jesus' word so implicitly that it's hard to do better than him. We are so smug and proud in these days because we think we've got all these things figured out. And yet, we stray so often. But the good news is that there is one who seeks us. There is one who won't give up on us. It's the same word that comes to our ears when we hear of the forgiveness of sins. I forgive you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's the same word that is splashed over all of you in your baptism. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's the same word that's given to you to eat and to drink at the altar. Take, eat, this is my body, says Jesus, given for you. Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. There, the word made flesh doesn't desert us. He won't give up on us. And this word brings us to faith and trust in Jesus, our Savior. Thanks be to God. Amen.